0: This podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the den.show. Hold on to that.
1: Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn, millennials. Wow.
0: <laughs> Did not know that. Even flippers who, who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife?
1: Oh, this is gonna go downhill
0: real quick. What is going on? And welcome to Take on the World. Nathan Blaze and Mike D. Uh, Nathan joining me again today. Um, I see you have yes you have the, the space of the, spa, the space taste. Yes, the space taste. Starlight Coke. Oh, nice and loud. That stuff's a little weird.
1: I do like it though. I know people are very mixed about it, but I really like it. Well,
0: it it's like if if you watch the stuff on YouTube, it's like one extreme or the other. There is no in between with this one. No. Um, I have the last of my Angel envy. Very expensive. Very nice. He likes it a lot. I can tell you that for sure. I also have a little something special in my special cup. Brotherhood of Beer. The Brotherhood of Beer cup. But I will save that till my angel and me get on. Which won't be long. No, it won't be long at all. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, we're back again. Nathan decided to join me, which I appreciate. And of course,
1: it's a pleasure.
0: We are going to be covering some phrases and terms, trying to talk about the origins. We don't have the origins for all of them. Some of the, the phrases and terms we're just going to talk about, uh, specifically one that Nathan is no longer allowed to say in this house.
1: Got caught saying it one too many times. You'll be surprised.
0: There's actually two phrases you're not supposed to say in this house. Really? Yeah
1: what's the second one coolio (laughs) oh coolio you actually looked up the origin of that
0: no i did not okay i just know lexi doesn't like it
1: i don't think don't think mom likes it either
0: i like it. it's cool it's coolio coolio (laughs) (laughs) um so uh without too much further ado we're gonna jump right in and uh Like, I, the reason why this came up is because I always like to know where shit comes from. Well, yeah. Um, like, it, when I when I talk about this, I'm talking about terms like it, that we use every day. Well, some of these we don't use anymore. Some of these are a, a little old-fashioned for you. Yeah, when I was looking at it, and there's a couple. Uh, but th- these are things that I've heard throughout my life, and I always wonder, where the hell did that come from? Like, it's raining cats and dogs. Or the elephant in a room or half past the monkey's ass according to his ball. Never,
1: never before did I hear that. <laughs> that is, that is a brand new one, very
0: brand new. And I think you just made that up. No, I'm going to tell you where it comes from. Well, well, I'm going to tell you how we, I've heard the term. So you walk up to someone and you say, Hey, what time? is it? What time is it? And they look at their watch and they say, half past the monkey's ass according to his ball. Which kind of means you should get your own watch and figure it out for yourself. Okay. But the root of that is very much different. And I I saved that one till close to the end. All right. But it, it's actually pretty interesting. And some of these things are really based in history. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't even know if this was on here. And I know I put it on. I lost some of my research. Forgot to hit that good old save button. I might have. Yeah, I don't think it's on here. It's not. Let the cat out of the bag. Remember we talked about that?
1: I was going to say that. I do remember where you said that came from, though. Or two of the places they think it came from. Right.
0: Um, so. So if you ever wondered where these key things came from, you've tuned in to us on the right day. Because we're going to go through some of them. Uh, some of them. Since I lost some of my research, I have to do by memory. So, my origin of these terms may be a little off.
1: Yeah, and plus, a lot of these terms were very ambiguous where they
0: thought they came from. Right, they, some of them have like more than one possible origin.
1: And some of them, they just say it came from this dialect, we think.
0: Right, like, well, um, jank, they said, came from uh, uh, Nordic. I, I don't know yes I, I the nords yeah their blood runs through me so um <coughs> when i originally did my research and put a lot of time into this uh i would i wrote down the phrase like cat cut your tongue and what it's used for in modern conversation you hear this all the time talking about someone who is suddenly quiet uh when you're expecting them to chime in chime in so we're having a conversation. And I'm expecting you to chirp up and say something and you don't say anything. Like, I got your time. Oh, so me when the
1: first time I was on this podcast.
0: No, no. Did well the first time you were on. Uh, I
1: felt like I was a little tame.
0: It was a little interview. Yeah. There was four of us at the table. We all pick up our slack. Um, so this particular term has two possible origins. Uh, on an English naval ship. The punishment for violating any one of the rules was to be tied to the mast and whipped or flogged. So when they they whipped them, they whipped them with the cat of nine tails. And it was extremely painful and left left the victim speechless. So, um, this also goes with uh, let your cat out of the bag.
1: That's what I was going to say. That's where I thought that the cat of nine tails was from.
0: Yeah. So, the cat's out of the bag. It's no longer a surprise. Uh, They reached in, they pulled the cat of 9 tails out. So the the likelihood that this is actually the origin for this one? For Cat Out of the Bag. Cat Out of the Bag or Cat Got Your Tongue is probably not so because both of them have the same origin. Yeah. But there's another uh, origin for Cat Out of the Bag. We'll get there. Uh, The second origin for uh, Cat Got Your Tongue was... Uh, the other could be rooted in ancient Egypt, where the punishment for lying was to have their tongues cut out and fed to the cats, leaving them unable to speak, much less lie. Very, very, very brutal. Yes. Yes, it is. But, you know, I, I would say
1: I, I would <laughs> I would wager a decent bit of money if I was a gambling person that the one from egypt is definitely where uh, cat got your tongue came from
0: it seems more likely uh especially since it goes back farther yeah in history but like you, like i said you never know uh you know i know you youngsters uh, say stuff that i'm like oh trust me trust me we say stuff that i get lost on and it's only getting worse as I get older. And I think you guys just make shit out. You just pull shit out your ass and, and try to make it mean something.
1: Yeah, sometimes. So I, we- I, I, I would, uh, yeah. We, we find a way to find simplistic things and make them have some form
0: of significance. Um, the next one is the walls have ears. It's a phrase that's used when uh, someone wants to keep something private, warning that, you know, someone could be listening.
1: I have heard this one.
0: Okay. And I I, I saw two different origins for this one as well. I kind of like this origin. And then when I was looking around, I saw another possible origin. And they said that this one is not the origin, but I like this one. So I put this one down. Oh, okay. Well, you just write whatever you want. Yeah, I do. It's your podcast. My podcast. I do what I want. Uh, in the 1500s, <sighs> it's the medme Because I wrote it phonetically on how it was pronounced. In France, at the Louvre, um, Louvre Palace, had listening tubes in every room, so the Queen Catherine, uh, Queen Catherine, uh, could discover political secrets that for people trying to plot or overthrow against her. Um, so I know these tubes exist. Okay. Um, I, they they were thought to be communication tubes, like the people literally tried to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're saying they were put in as listening devices, which I thought. Back in the 1500s, they're bugging somebody's room.
1: That's actually, that sounds very cool. And I, 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 I would buy into that. I'd buy into that. Now, what's, I, uh, yeah. What's the other one you read?
0: I, I don't remember because I didn't write it down. And it, I, I did this research weeks ago. Yeah. We were supposed to do this episode a while ago. I'll take the blame for that one. Um, but I, I, I don't know. That's pretty cool. No, and
1: you know what? I think I have heard that story about there being a palace and someone listening in through listening tubes. So, uh, let's see, you want to do the next one? Bury the hatchet. So you use bury the hatchet. You know, putting an argument to rest. Like, you know, that's it. You're ending it. You're
0: end of a conflict. Yeah. And. There's also two possible origins for this. Yes.
1: So it's thought that it came from negotiations between Puritans and Native Americans that they would bury their weapons so that they would avoid violence
0: when they're doing their peace talks. Right. So they couldn't, even if someone got mad and wanted to be violent, they couldn't get to them because they were buried. Yeah. Uh, it, It is actually thought to go back further than that also with the Native American tribes that they were doing the same thing when they were negotiating and it was a sign of good faith between the two tribes to leave your weapons buried and outside the negotiations, so that nothing could, could transpire like that. So they, they both of the uh, possible warrants go back to uh, the native Americans, which is actually pretty cool. But you would think that's maybe some of the Nordic people would do the same thing. Although it doesn't specifically say that any place I'm just, I'm just speculating. Well, yeah. I don't know. Uh,
1: Barry the Hatchet might even now that don't no, this is just me throwing a shot in the dark or whatever, throwing a shot. So now
0: a funny thing about uh, Barry the Hatchet. Um the the show that I've never seen any of the episodes of MASH.
1: Oh yeah, not a single one.
0: Neither have I, I- I've probably seen every episode of MASH like 10 times, 15 times. I, I actually was such a big fan of MASH. I used to have MASH trivia cards for like Trivial Pursuit. Um, On I think it was the final episode. They they buried a hatchet on the, the thing and, and it was like you know, while we're doing this and doing this and doing this, we might as well bury the hatchet. And uh, it was like the, the end of strife between the, the, there was inner conflict in the camp. Mm-hmm. As you always have with when there's that many people, different personalities around and but on the, reality TV shows. Yeah. But in the end, they were all, it, it's, it's like, it's like Navy guys. You go out to a bar and the Marines and the Navy are always going to be going back and forth with one another, poking fun, calling names, demeaning each other. But heaven forbid. If somebody, hey, a podcast therapy dog came to visit us. Uh, heaven forbid if someone from the public would start picking on a Marine or a Navy guy, because every military person in that that bar would stand up and defend that guy. And I actually, <laughs> funny thing, funny. I just watched a video, uh, you know, the stupid video shorts. Yeah. So. I, I was watching this video, and it's just, this guy walking through, looks like New York City, and he's got this big, big burly uh, security guy with him. And the guy who was walking bumped into a sailor. And the sailor turned around and looked at him like this, and the security guy stepped up, and all of a sudden there was like 10 sailors there, and the security guy took off. <laughs> now, it was probably staged, but it's funny, because it's true. Yeah. But th- the camaraderie in that camp was... You know, so much that, you know, hey, let's put all that behind us because now we have this, this common thing. We're all going home, back to our lives. You know, we can be friends in the real world. Yeah. I always thought that was cool.
1: I really thought that show was amazing. And that's not like the type of thing that someone my
0: age would well, yeah. probably see. About the Korean War, like, yeah, I, I don't even remember the Korean War. That was before my time. So, uh. And I think most of the
1: people who I know that watch it that are my age, Don't even know it's about the Korean War.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. So the next one on the list is cold feet. To get cold feet. It's often used to describe uh, loss of nerve or confidence. uh, Like like getting cold feet before a wedding. Before you're supposed to get married. Um, And and this has conflicting origins. Yes, because I actually heard an origin about this we'll pop it off i
1: heard that cold feet came from air force pilots when they were flying because of the altitude altitude oh. their feet would
0: actually get cold well i was just just the other day i was watching a video on uh no i was actually i'm sorry i was not watching a video i was listening to barrel age podcast ah barrel age flicks and they were doing um, with the movie because they just did uh, a Wars, Wars Hell series mm-hmm. to uh, for Memorial Day and they were talking about the bomber movie. I, I don't know why I can't think of it now because I love the movie. Um, anyway, they were talking about how, how high they were in altitude and there was really no insulation and it wasn't a sealed cabin. Mm-hmm. So it was cold as hell up there. And uh, so that makes sense, like the cold feet thing. Now, what did you find in your research? Uh, the origins of this one comes from a military term describing warriors who had frozen feet, were not able to rush into battle. And, and that goes back before the Revolutionary War. If, if you look at the Revolutionary War and um, uh, George Washington's troops didn't have shoes. They were wrapping rags around Valley their Forge. feet. Valley Forge. It, it was... So cold and and uh, They didn't know if some of them could fight Because of this not, I know that's not the origin This goes back to Farther back than that Even farther than that I would think um, Another source attributed to the origin The origin to American writer Stephen Crane Who coined the phrase in a short novel Maggie A girl of the streets in 1896 But I didn't find exactly what it was referring to in that, that but so, Now, one of the places I went said that it it does not have to do with the warriors going into battle. Okay. But um, that was one place out of 50. 50 places all said this.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I looked around a lot for some of these.
1: Oh, yeah. I know I sat down with you. When you were looking for one of them, I forget which one it was, but how deep that rabbit hole went.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's why I like this stuff. Because, look, number one, I like learning shit. Well, yeah. Number two, you're like, I like knowing where these terms come from. Like, this has been a topic that I want to do since we started the podcast 75 episodes ago. <sighs> so. Um, and I can tell you this for sure. You do love showing off that you know these things. <laughs> well, you do too. Isn't that why you started the podcast? No, I started the podcast because I wanted to have fun. And I think we do when we do it. Um, you want to do this? Cut
1: red-handed. So, I think we all know what this is. You're caught. You were stealing something, doing something bad, and gotcha. <laughs> and they got you. Now, this... Could date back farther than the 18th century, really. Uh, There was, what was it? A law that says if someone butchers or poaches an animal that didn't belong to them, they were not guilty unless they still had the animal's blood on their hands. Yeah. So if they were caught with blood, red-handed, they would be guilty. But if they did not still have it on their hands, they were not.
0: They were not guilty of anything. Cause it's like prove where the meat came from. Yeah. So I, I thought that one was interesting, and and that's that's a, that's a surprise of all of the things my my
1: brain and its enigma of its me- mechanisms
0: could think of. Yeah. That was not one of them. No, no. You know what? I was thinking uh, someone was uh, stealing something, and the, the just fresh paint, and they got paint on their hands or something like like that. I was so I, that's where I thought it was going to go. And then I'm reading this, like, you're not guilty of poaching as long as you don't have the blood still on your hands when they come to get you? I mean, it. I, I an odd law, but
1: for the term's sake, it makes sense. It'll, that's another podcast i love to do.
0: The weird laws. Weird laws that are on the books. Because at one point, I don't know if it still is, but it was illegal someplace to sit on a park bench with an ice cream in your back pocket. Okay. Who's the asshole putting ice cream in her back pocket?
1: I will say this. but Not to get too off topic. That's okay, we do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, a Pennsylvania law. And actually a, a thing for Boy Scouts as well, but I'm going to focus on the Pennsylvania law. You cannot go fishing using your mouth. You cannot dive into the water and use your mouth to catch a fish in PA.
0: Uh, who, who tested this? <laughs> and, and I want to know why they felt the need to make this law. There's so many people mouth fishing in Pennsylvania. <laughs> now, here's, an, here's the Boy Scout one. Now, this is
1: going to be getting way off topic, but here's the Boy Scout one. In the first edition of the Boy Scout handbook, in one of the first chapters, the safety chapter, one of the first things it states is that under no circumstances shall a Boy Scout ever, ever operate a hand mortar. Hmm. Who messed up? Who messed up <laughs> that bad? That badly
0: <laughs> that they needed to put it in the Boy Scout Handbook First Edition? That is crazy. It's like, it's like that meme of the uh, the sign at the park. It's, it says no, and it has a dog on a skateboard, smoking, uh, carrying alcohol. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of fucking party was this? <laughs> <laughs> How do you get the dog to do all that? Here's another, here's another, like, everybody who knows me knows I'm a big 2A guy, Second Amendment. Um, we don't do politics on this, and this, this is not a political thing. But in Pennsylvania... You have open carry and you have concealed carry. So you can open carry without a concealed carry permit. But your gun has to be open. So if you get in a vehicle, it's covered. So te- so not technically. You absolutely need a concealed carry permit to transport a weapon in the car unless you're going directly to or from a gun range. And in that case, it has to be in a case, blah, 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 blah. However, I sat down with a a second amendment lawyer and talked to him and he went over. He went over um, a bunch of things. And if you get on a skateboard, because the law basically holds you any mode of conveyance is considered a vehicle. So if you get on a skateboard, even if you're open carry, that's not covered. You need a concealed carry permit, technically. Wow. If you're on roller skates, if you're on a scooter, if you're on one of those hoverboard things and you have your weapon on you, you have to have a concealed carry permit. Otherwise, you, you possibly could be charged for carrying a concealed weapon without a license.
1: I guess when it comes down to you on your hoverboard, it really depends on the local police and if he's having a bad day or not.
0: If I'm on a hoverboard, it's a bad day for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair.
1: So if you do that, you'll definitely have to invite me to that show. Because there's a couple wacky laws I'll have to I'll have to go and touch up because I don't remember where they're from and the exact wording. There's
0: always a chair right there for you whenever we come down here. Well,
1: let me know when you're doing weird laws, and I will come down, and I will blow your mind with some of the stupid well, laws. You know I will
0: research the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. So let's move on with the, the terms, because we did get a little off the rails. Uh, this one... This one I found very interesting. Blood is thicker than water. The meaning now is family is the strongest and most important bonds in our lives. Okay, yeah. Okay. But the origins of this is counterintuitive to that. Really? So while this is used by people to put family ahead of friends, it kind of meant the opposite. The actual phrase was the blood of the covenant is thicker than Than the water of the womb And it referred to warriors Who shared blood That they shed in battle And they created a bond that can never be broken Uh, These blood brothers Are said to have a stronger bond Than biological brothers This is what I was just talking about With the Navy guys and the Marine guys Yeah, Like Now I was in the Navy I, I didn't see action like that But these guys who go in the field And Mad props to to everyone. Thank thank you for everybody who served, uh, and everybody who served knows what I'm talking about. Like when I was in boot camp, you know, we were put to the test, and there were guys around you. You had to lean on each other, because at some point, you, it just wasn't like you could like you could make it through on your own. But it makes it so much harder when you can lean on a guy next to you. It makes it so much easier, and you come to count on those people, and they come to count on you, and that's what, what this blood is thicker than water actually means. like these people who you've seen hell with who you've walked through fire you know it's like that for police it's like that for firefighters uh you know first responders it's like that in my profession there are guys that i work with that probably particularly don't like me much but they knew if it came down to it i'd be right there and, and that's, that's where this came from. And I, I just thought that was interesting because that's actually really cool. Yeah. We we always look at it as blood, stick, than water. Hey, Barry, you're my son. Nobody come between us. But when the reality is, is there's guys who've been in the military, who've been in the shit, who've seen stuff that we'll never see, and they've seen it together. And the only reason they made it through is because of each other. And that bond is a bond that can never be broken. Now, family has always been number one for me. Oh yeah. So, but you know, I have my close friends that I have that would do anything for me, and I would do anything for them. So, I just thought thought that was interesting. Oh yeah.
1: I like your last little note right there. Bros before hoes, dude. <laughs> uh, you want to do this one? Uh, sure, this, this next one I actually thought was much more literal. It, it is. Okay. Bite the bullet. To do something, as, as, to word it as a dictionary would. To do something difficult or unpleasant that would cause discomfort in some shape or form that you have been putting off. Okay. Or in simple
0: terms, Doing something you didn't want to do. Yes. That's kind of like taking one for the team. Yeah. So, uh, bite the bullet. Uh, I don't really want to go to work today, but I'm going to bite the bullet and go. I don't want to go to work. Uh, I don't really want to go out and cut the grass, but I guess i got to bite the bullet and go cut the grass.
1: I don't want to cut the grass.
0: I don't really want to drink another beer, but I'm going to bite the bullet and do it. (laughs) Okay, maybe not that one. (laughs)
1: So I had always thought that this was literally like taking a bullet or, you know, some kind of injury. Like, I I always thought that that's where it came from. And is is that
0: close? It it is. Um, During battle, when supplies of painkillers and anesthesia were low or missing, medics would sometimes, uh, and sometimes even surgeons, would have the patient bite down on a bullet. Or, or a stick or a belt to distract them from the pain. Uh, the likelihood is it wasn't the, a bullet the way we think of it. It would be like a musket ball. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is disputed. Okay. Uh, however, I left this origin in because it makes more sense to me than anything else because I've seen I've seen someone be triaged, in the field. I've seen some, and, and I've seen someone, look here, bite down on this. I've seen it happen. Personally, face to face, I've seen it happen. I don't have, I don't have any morphine to give you. Bite down on this. This is going to hurt. Or, do you remember, remember when you were little, you know how much I hated shots? Yes. Do you remember going with me for my shot? Yes. And that doctor thought it was so funny when you said, dad, I'll hold your hand while you get the shot. And you sat there and you held my hand. I got the shot. And, uh, um, you know, it, it made it better. Number one, because I was kind of laughing inside that you, you said that, that you were such a compassionate young man that you were willing to hold my hand. Well, I, I got something that I disliked. I hated
1: shots just as much as you did, maybe more when I was little.
0: When you were little, you you, you really, oh, my God. Oh so my God. bad. I, I remember it being bad. I remember when you were a baby baby. <laughs> and they gave you a shot. Shoot. <laughs> Uh they gave you a shot and you didn't you didn't you didn't flinch, you didn't move nothing. And then you saw the, the needle and you just scream. <laughs> <laughs> you started shaking and you started screaming. But you didn't do it till after you saw the needle. And it was a good like eight second delay. It was like <laughs> <gasps> really? Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I
1: I didn't realize that that's why... Is that why I was scared of needles? I always thought it was because when I had to get the four shots. I don't know. Because I thought it was because of the way the doctor just...
0: Dude. Now, the shot that I got in my knees when you were there, that's painful because I have a lot of scar tissue in my knee. Yeah. But the one time when I was down there, they put a bigger gauge needle in. They drained my knee first. And then... She, she she knew I hated needles, so what she did she drained the knee, she drained the knee, she flushed it with she kept the needle and flushed it with saline, and then went back and put the injection in the same needle, so she didn't jab me twice, mm-hmm. which was very nice. But that it, it always hurt when I got them drained. Oh. And I and that I, needle, I I swear it's like this long, that. All the way in. Yes.
1: Uh Uh-oh. What did I knock out? I don't know.
0: That was your microphone. John's fault. Brat. John's (laughs) fault. All right. So,
1: raining cats and dogs. You know, to literally rain cats and dogs. Free adoption day.
0: It is literal. So, it means to rain a lot or rain hard. Uh, again, there's one, more than one possible origin. One was some Norse mythology where cats would symbolize heavy rains and dogs were associated with the <laughs> god of storms, Odin, or Odi. Or, or Odi <laughs> Odie the dog, get it? What a joke. I, okay. I, I get it, but I'm astonished by the fact that this is actually literal. It even gets more literal than that with the second meaning. The second meaning dates back to the 16th century in England. Uh, the houses would have thatch roofs, which is basically bundles of sticks. So those roofs were one of the only places the animals could go to get warm. So when the rains got too heavy and the roofs got slippery, cats and dogs would fall off the roofs, making it look like it was raining cats and dogs. That literal in both senses. Yeah.
1: However, I now am reminded of my high school English teacher ragging on us for using the word literal.
0: Well, because people use literal way too much. Well, because
1: literal means in writing sense. Technically, technically, the term we should be using is actual. However, in my retort (laughs) on on my paper to my English teacher, simply
0: I don't care. Well, it has come to mean literally, which means as if in writing. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Uh, Which means as if in writing, which means as if actually. So, but the problem is, is people say, I'm literally going to die. No, you're not literally going to die. You are going to figuratively die. You're going to feel like you figuratively died, but you're not literally going to die. You're going to feel that you're figuratively. Living. Think, think. Well, there was a guy in Congress made some kind of speech, and he goes, I'm literally going to get on my knees. And he kind of bent down. He goes, but I'm not going to get on my knees. Well, then you're not literally getting on your knees. Huh. No, you are literally going to be in pain after he punches you in
1: the face for being annoying, and I will sit back and laugh.
0: Anywho, you want to do this one? Oh yes, because we talked about this one.
1: We did, and we talked about um, another saying that's re- that we thought maybe related to this. What was it? The other one was burning the bridge. Oh yeah, and that makes this one crossing the bridge when we get to it that you don't need to worry about something until it literally, literally actually happens <laughs> so I forget exactly what we said and I forget exactly what the research was but it, it was something like "Well, it was an author that coined the term wasn't it Henry
0: Wadsworth Longfellow Deeds Not Deeds (laughs) Uh, This was first spotted in the Golden Legend in 1851 and the quote was don't cross the bridge till you come to it is an old proverb of excellent wit but if it's an old proverb of excellent wit it means it went back farther than 1851 Were we we ever able to find? No, that's just, that's all I found on this. Okay. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It probably has to
1: do with like travel.
0: Well, look, there's a bridge over there, but we ain't got to worry about that till we get there. Yeah. There's an ogre over there. We don't have to cross that bridge till we get to it. You'd put the ogre in there just because I'm a nerd. Not just because, but it, it's part of it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's that damn fruit fly. It's always down here when we're down. Here. How is it alive? I don't know. I thought John killed it like 15 times. It might be a cat fly. Probably. Nine lives. Has to be. Now,
1: burning the bridge, I didn't do research on it.
0: Where did I put my phone?
1: It's right there. If you have a,
0: I'm going to look it up. Okay.
1: And while you look it up, I'm gonna talk, cause I like the sound of my voice. And my voice is very comforting to myself. And perhaps others. Now, I, now, to, seriously. Burning the bridge, what I think it has to do is that bridges connect two lands. They connect two, like, masses of land.
0: But I, I did hear a origin for burning the bridge, but go ahead. Okay.
1: It connects two lands, and if you to burn a bridge, that would be cutting ties or ending relations with the other side of the bridge. Right. And I bring up burning a bridge just because cross the
0: bridge, that type of thing it just makes me think of it. So the, uh, origin of that one, originally in military sense, of intentionally cutting off one's own retreat, burning a bridge that one has crossed to commit oneself to a force of action, later used to primarily mean alienate former friends. So I was, I, I was kind of right. Yeah, kind of, not quite. Not, what I had heard was uh, the same, pretty much the same thing. In some war, I don't know what, what it was. Uh, the soldiers were intrepid about They didn't want to, they didn't want to push on. And their leader, whoever he was, Captain, uh, whatever, Legionnaire, whatever, I don't know. Anyway, he set the bridge on fire so that they couldn't retreat and basically said, uh, I've burned that bridge. We cannot go back. You have to move forward. Okay, that—that's what I had heard, but and that kind of means the same thing, but because it, it doesn't actually give an origin per se. It what do they it say? It's an etymology, etymology, etymology. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, have you ever heard anybody referred to as a bigwig?
1: Yes, I have, but I've mostly only heard old people. Watch your mouth. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. You're young and spry yet.
0: So a big wig is an important person in a particular sphere. So in the sphere of this podcast, I'm the big wig. Debatable? Not really. Because I've ended debate and I won. Hence, I'm the big wig. Anyway,
1: so I thought this came from Congress because they'd wear the big powdered wigs.
0: But that would be in Great Britain. They still wear the powdered wigs when they go to... The judges still wear powdered wigs. Okay. Um, This origin is back to the 18th century. Uh, The most important political figures, you're correct in a way, would wear the biggest wigs. Hence, today's influential people are called big wigs. All right. So you are right. All right, point
1: point for Nathan.
0: I'm still the bigwig because I'm the big boss. Nothing goes on in this podcast that I don't first approve. (sighs) (laughs) So the next one is one close to my near and dear to my heart. Oh, one for the road. Usually referring to as one last drink before you leave. But it could mean one last anything before you leave. If you're with your uh, your snuggle buddy, your girlfriend, one last kiss before you leave. If you're at a party, I'll have one cheeseburger for the road. Uh, I'll have one last tortilla chip filled with seven-layer dip for the road. If you're a druggie, one last puff on the shee <laughs> shee. Before you hit the road, if you're doing other stuff, be one last before the road. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one explanation was during the Middle Ages, someone condemned to death. Now, this one is disputed. I I, I I put this out there. This one's disputed. Okay. But I love this origin. Okay, go on. Disputed or not, during the Middle Ages, someone was condemned to death. They were taken down a road that is known today as Oxford Street to their execution. During this final trip, the cart would stop, and they would be allowed to have one final drink before their death. This is widely contested. However, I love that. It it goes to, like, the condemned, condemned man last request. Yeah. Do you have any last request before we kill you? Yes, set me free. No. Bye. <laughs> um, the other, and what they say is probably more likely, the second referred relating to a stirrup cup, where a traveler was seated on his horse, in the stirrups, and was offered one last drink before they depart. Drinking and driving. Bastards.
1: Even even the cowboys.
0: Well, I think this goes back much farther than the cowboys. Cowboys are the only people who ever rode horses. Cowboys invented horse riding. Okay. Um, I kind of like the first one. You know, the first one. I can definitely see why you like it. And, and and the thing is, is when I was researching this, I was checking out a bunch of different sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put the term in. I would type in Google Origin. And then some of the same sites would come up over and over. But what I found is a lot of those sites just copied these words for word and repeated them on their site. In fact, some of the videos that I watched pertaining to word origin, word for word for what those websites said. Really? Yes. Um. So that's why I look for deeper meanings Mm -hmm. and and have on many of these found multiple origins. Because nobody knows
1: for sure. Well, yeah, they're so old and so widely used, it's hard to really tell.
0: Uh, elephant in the room. Meaning that there is some large issue looming that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, there are many theories to the exact origin, and the origin is rather uncertain. Uh, so here's a few that I found to be quite credible. And I think there's like four or five of them. Jeez. Like, because no one knows. Uh, 1841. Adria Krylov, uh, a poet. And what the hell's a. Fabulist. Fabulist. I don't know what the hell that is. Oh, a fabulist. Oh. Maybe. He wrote, because he wrote a fable entitled The Inquisitive Man, which tells of a man who goes to the museum and notices all sorts of things, but fails to notice the ele- an elephant. Suddenly the, fra- the phrase became proverbial, as this metaphorical expression describes perfectly when in many cases people refuse to talk about an obvious problem. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce his name. In his, ne- his novel, Demons, wrote... What a nice-sounding novel. Belinsky was just like Krylov's inquisitive man, who didn't notice the elephant in the museum, which actually goes back to the same for the first one. All right. Uh, Wikipedia states that the Oxford Dictionary credits the New York Times newspaper, June twentieth, nineteen fifty nine. Now you're going from eighteen fourteen to nineteen fifty nine. To nineteen fifty nine. Uh, they're saying that that. That was the first recorded use of this phrase. There was supposedly a line from it that read, Financing schools has become a problem equivalent to having an elephant in the living room. It's so big, you just can't ignore it. Um, you know what? I go back to the Russian dude. Prost to him. Yeah. So now... I had a bunch more on here. And when we open this document up, um, right there. someone forgot to click on the little floppy disk drive in the corner. Yeah, but when I close this, it saves. Well, that's
1: the backup save. That backup save sometimes, especially on the older versions of Word.
0: It's not Word. This is the fake Word. Oh. Well,
1: take this with... A grain of salt. That's another, oh, that's another that's one we worked
0: on! <laughs> and we did look it up, too. We did. Oh, it had to do with the poison. poison. Yes. So, here's, here's one for you. Take this with a grain of salt. Supposedly... Uh,
1: I forget what the poison was.
0: Someone was feeding somebody poison, and they didn't notice it because they put a grain of salt in it. Made it taste salty rather than bitter. Yeah. That was the gist of it. That might not be the exact thing. Don't quote me on it. If it's it, wrong, it's Nathan's fault.
1: It was something about the salt
0: helping yes. reduce the poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, we had a long discussion on this on our trip down to Philly where we, uh, where, where me and Nathan, as well as me and John, got the best, best pizza that has ever walked the face of the earth. Oh, yes. Angelo's.
1: Oh, yes. Now, I may not have had as much pizza as John and him, but, but, I have to say it's certainly the best pizza I've ever had. And from what I've heard from those two, the best pizza they ever had. So that's, that's three three lifetimes, well, two lifetimes, 19 years of pizza tasting
0: experience. If we were in the Middle Ages, that would be a lifetime, 19 years.
1: Yes, yes, it would.
0: So uh, I have one here, break a leg. Um, and there is, again, more than one meaning, or more than one origin. There's the one that I originally heard, which is if you're – okay, break a leg means good luck. Yeah. Especially in the theatrical things. Uh, Dad, I got a big test today. Break a leg, buddy. Um. It, it, it's, it's said in the theater because uh, Saying good luck Is actually bad luck In theater Yes So The One meaning was The most common theory refers to an actor Breaking the leg line of the stage In the early days of the theater uh, There was an ensemble There were ensemble actors Who were cued to perform If the actors were not performing, they had to stay behind the leg line, which also meant they didn't get paid. So if if you're telling an actor to break a leg, you're wishing them the opportunity to perform and get paid. The sentiment remains today. The term good luck means good luck or give a good performance. Also, the other possible Uh, In Victorian times, the crowd would stomp their feet or chairs um, to cheer a a good performance. So break a leg would mean that you did so good that they would break their leg or break the leg of the chair because you were that good at at what you did. That one I've heard. That's That's the one I originally heard. The other one, the leg line, didn't know until I did the research.
1: That's actually very
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: I knew about the leg line, but I did not know what it was called.
0: Well, because you're a theater person. Well, yeah. Was. I am closing my brotherhood of beer, Stein. Very sad day.
1: Very sad day.
0: This is usually when me and John take a break, and I go get another beer. So, break. I just wanted to mention quick that we are on the deluxe edition network, which is the den dot show. Uh, it's just a, a place where there's a bunch of great podcasts, many great podcasts. Yeah. Uh, actually on my podcast list are three quarters of the podcast on the den network. I, I, I listen to them all the time. Um, so sh- be sure to check out the den dot show. Speaking of the den network, uh, don't forget to check out the Den Dot Show and this month's Spotlight Podcast, which is Barrel Age Flicks. Uh, these guys and gals get together, they talk about movies, they drink a little whiskey, and I am right now going to raise a glass of Angel Envy bourbon to the Barrel Age Flicks crew. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, do so now. Don't forget the Den Dot Show. Look for the Spotlight Podcast link. And it'll take you right to him. And we're back after that short break. Um, we only have a couple more to go. Um, this one, half past the monkey's ass, according to his balls.
1: Still, still. No idea, never heard it.
0: Like I said, it means, it used to mean when I was younger, someone asked you what time, was half past the monkey's ass, according to his balls. And that meant Dude, get your own watch. Figure it out for yourself.
1: You see, we have... Uh, we have much simpler terminology. Yeah, get a
0: watch. It's time for you to get a watch. Or, I guess... Well, we did that too. But this was the more draw everybody's attention to the fact that you don't have a watch. You don't know what the fuck's going on.
1: I've heard... Two hairs past the freckle. Yeah.
0: But that was from from very strange people. Yeah. A.K.A. Nathan's friend. So, this one's interesting. Because it goes back to the British Navy again. (laughs) The monkey's ass was a device on a British warship that dispensed warm cannonballs. They'd warm them before they shot them. Why warming the cannonballs was necessary prior to firing to get predictable characteristics in the barrel.
1: Okay, I guess because the cannonball is not expanding as much when the powder goes off, because it's already expanded.
0: It, it's it's the same every time. Okay. Since the monkey's ass was a tubular device, it would cast a shadow on the ship's deck. Balls waiting to be warmed were ne- kept nearby, and the proverbial brass monkey. The whole works were were manned by a powder monkey. That was the, the person who would put the powder in um, in the cannon. When the shadow ran along the deck and almost reached the cannonball storage, it was late in the day. Hence the expression. Now, John loved to throw this one at me. Really? Because we, we were talking about doing this episode, like I said, for a long time. All right. And he would, every time we talk about it, he acts like he didn't already tell me this, and he tells me again. Yeah, know what half-past the monkey's ass according to his balls means? I mean, he sure does like talking about, uh... Balls? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, that brings us to... One of the words that you are no longer allowed to speak in this house. It is forbidden. It's forbidden. The prohibition is lifted for this podcast and this podcast only.
1: Yes, and now, this will be very surprising to you because this is not as terrible, as unspeakable as some of the other things someone, especially my age, could say. This word that I am banned from saying, and if I say it and it is heard from anywhere in the house, even just the faintest whisper, I will hear my name scream. And that I am not
0: allowed to speak this word.
1: What could this word be? What could this
0: terrible... Let's preface this by saying it's not me saying you can't say this word. No, it is not. What,
1: what could be so terrible... What is this horrible word that you are not allowed horrible,
0: to This horrible, horrible thing. It must be profane. Jank. It's just a weird word. Jank. So this is the... The Zoomer edition... Of where this word come from? So, take it away, Zoomer. (laughs) All right. So, jank is
1: for something that's like off kilter, something that's not right or like seemed of low quality. Such as this chair. This chair is jank because every time I speak and move, it wobbles one way or the other. That's jank.
0: Maybe the floor is jank and it's not the chair.
1: Maybe the floor is jank. Uh. So jink 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 jink
0: jink. I I got the. (laughs) I got the definition adjective broken, unnecessarily redundant, uh, meaningless, stupid, rhetorical, moronic, bootleg, or of questionable quality. So, but we did not look up the inception of this word. I did look it up. And it had something about Nordic knots or fucking... Yeah, I, I, like
1: it came from Janky, and Janky was thought to come from the Nords. The Nordic blood No idea thrives within my veins.
0: Uh, so that's the extent of Janky. Now you're banned from seeing it ever again. J- jank and Coolio are the two banned words from Nathan. Coolio. Coolio, that was janky. Coolio is not jank. See now, I use a term called that's hinky. And hinky means uh weird off or with an H not a K. Not right. Uh I don't know where it comes from. But uh like when in in my profession you walk on the unit, you could tell if something hinky. Like the, the inmates aren't acting right There's, somebody's not acting the way they normally would it's tinky that's that the end Check. so the term cracker now I don't we don't get political we don't get racial here but the term cracker is seen as a racial uh, term. Uh, used especially in regards to poor rural whites in southern United States. Uh, Although commonly a pejorative, uh, it can also be used in a neutral context. However, the term cracker comes from the cowboys that were in Florida or Georgia. Um, They were known as Florida crackers or Georgia crackers. And it would be the crack of the whip to move the cattle. Oh, okay. It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing to do with slavery. It had everything to do with the sound that that whip made uh, to move the cattle. Florida crackers. Okay. And I learned that a long time ago. So that's why I tossed that one in. All right. Um, That's the last one that is on my my list that is deplenished because I didn't save properly so what are some other things that we because we had a discussion on this driving down to Philly yeah when we were driving down to get the best pizza in the world like the side of salt that's one of the ones that we remembered while we were talking about grain of salt grain of salt sorry uh we talked about a bunch more too and like every time you said one I'm like oh yeah well, what, what the, the hell is that problem? with me where'd that come yeah. from um but if there's something we missed comment below if there's something you'd like us to research when it comes to these phrases we could do a whole another show i'm sure there's a shitload of phrases out there that we haven't touched
1: oh there are especially within my my uh my generation
0: we'll spit one out at me go touch grass touch grass i, I can imagine what that means i'll let you explain
1: you see, my generation, you know, we're very notorious for having very pale skin. You know, we don't go outside. We don't see sunlight. Because you're stuck on your fucking computers. Yes. But, go touch grass is something that is often used by the ones of us, us Zoomers or Gen Zers, uh, who do go outside, say to those who don't.
0: I like Zoomers better. I know you like Zoomers better. Well, it reminds me of Boomer. Well, I think that's where it came from. I know it's where it came from. My mom was a Boomer. I'm Gen X. Lexi's a millennial. And you're a Gen Z or Zoomer. I mean, I like Zoomers. I don't so much like millennials. I love my daughter. But I don't so much like millennials. (laughs)
1: And I will say, Zoomer, when I first heard Zoomer, I thought it was because we were very high energy. No.
0: It's because you're Gen Z, and the baby boomers were boomers. Gen Z would be Zoomers. All right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You know what that was from? What? Speed Buggy. It was a cartoon. Uh he was an off-road uh uh dune buggy <laughs>
1: I'm sure uh, after this podcast thousands yeah. of terms come to my mind
0: you know another one you and I could do is uh cartoons and I know my my buddy Casey from the deluxe edition is going to do cartoons coming up 80s and 90s cartoons cuz so they okay. do pop culture stuff All right but the difference between cartoons Actually, I'd love to have Lexi here for that, too, because the cartoons when I was younger, and then John's age, which is my brother's age. My brother's a little bit younger than him. And then Lexi's age and your age, the way the cartoons have changed over the years.
1: And even now, I will first admit, I'll be the first to admit early in the morning, before I've had my cup of coffee, my breakfast, I will sit down and I will watch a children's cartoon. Maybe not like...
0: My Little Pony? No.
1: I... I won't watch something like that. Not anymore. That was when I was like eight. When you were a brony. Yes. And I won't watch like what what, Bubble Guppies. I won't watch something like that. But not
0: infant cartoons. No. I'm I'm talking about cartoons.
1: Yeah. And even just between me growing up. Which would probably be the cartoons
0: that Lex watched. Because that's probably why I watched a lot of them. Because she did. Well like the cartoons that I watched. I watched my cartoons from my age Mm -hmm. and then i had my brother my brother was nine years younger than me so i watched the transformers i watched voltron i watched thundercats because he watched them and then uh and then we had lexi and she watched like cat dog and uh i forget i went through the list and, and like like, I've, I've watched half of those cartoons. And I watched, I watched some of them, too, probably, because she was watching and them. And then I've watched the dumbness that they call cartoons now. Yes. Because of you.
1: And it has gotten even worse.
0: Like, what are those three bears? or,
1: What, We Bear Bears? Yeah. I don't watch that one. You, you had it on here, like, a lot. Well, because there's nothing else on.
0: I didn't watch that one, but it was on because it <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't watch Spider-Man because I like Spider-Man. I watched it because it was on. That's not true. I love Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> I would have loved to watch Spider-Man. And there were some Spider-Man cartoons, but they, most of them were short-lived.
0: Here's a funny story. Uh, years ago, I worked a job. And that job, everybody got done at 3.30, and I got done at 4. So for the last half hour, I'd put Spider-Man on the TV, and I'd watch Spider-Man. I watched whatever episode of Spider-Man was on that day.
1: And I really miss channels like Boomerang. Because Boomerang would play.
0: Oh, they'd have uh, Space Ghost on. They'd have. uh I love Space Ghost? Um, Richie Rich. Richie, uh, I, Richie Rich was like my brother's era of cartoons. Okay. And kind of Lexi's. Lexi also like uh, Jesse duck, and the Pussycats. Yeah. Josie the Pussycats was definitely my era, the original one. Mm mm-hmm. um, the Transformers was kind of my brother's era, but I love the Transformers. Um, lots of good cartoons. Anyway, that, that's a show on its own. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have to have the whole crew here for that. It'd be cool to have Bob here for that, because Bob remembers a lot of those. Love Bob. He remembers a lot of those cartoons. So Ooh. as for phrases and terms and words and their origins... Unless you have another Zoomer one for us.
1: They don't come to my mind. The way that the Zoomers work is that we have a thing, it lasts for a bit, and then we move on very quickly. Only a few of us linger on to things. And a lot of the words, a lot of the things that we go through are just a rehash. Or like a rerun of something that's already been used. Okay. It's like a
0: remake. Oh, I know how you hate remakes. I hate remakes. So something to look forward to for uh, a series that I'm going to do with with, uh, Nathaniel. Uh, We want to do the the history of different sodas.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So uh, I know the one for Pepsi is ready. I know the one for Coca-Cola is almost ready. But there are a couple other sodas that I want to throw out there. Oh, yeah. I, I want to do Fanta. I know you want
1: to do Fanta. You yeah. love Fanta's story.
0: Interesting story. I would like to do, uh, like Moxie, uh, Green Dot, um, RC Cola. I like RC Cola's story. Yeah. RC Cola was like, I saw that story. It's cool, but I want to get more information than, than it's all. like, I don't just want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing. Well, yeah. I want to get more information or find something that, that people don't know. And, uh, like with Pepsi, at one point when they did Pepsi Crystal, they actually, and I can't find a picture of it anywhere. They had a clear can. It wasn't a can. It was a, it was a small bottle, but it was a can shaped bottle with a a pop top. Uh, and I cannot find a picture. I know they had them because I had one. Anyway, you could find those kind of cans now for seltzers and stuff, but Pepsi Crystal had a clear one for a while. Maybe it didn't go over well. Maybe they punctured too easy. I don't know. Before my time. Yes. But, uh, so, Pepsi's almost ready. Or Pepsi's ready. Coca-Cola's almost ready. RC, there's a lot of research there.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure you can dig deep with that.
0: I'd like to do Mountain Dew.
1: Really? Mountain Dew has a big history to it.
0: I don't know if it's a big history, but it's a separate history from what it is now. Uh, Dr. Pepper. I love dr pepper and i would love to do a lot of the story about that so so uh here and there we're going to spatter a couple of them in so look forward to that um so for this episode i think we're done we took on the origin of different phrases now you go take on the world one phrase at a time <laughs> Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den dot show. Thanks for listening. Hold on to
1: that. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer.
0: Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even who who are obviously mentally ill. You wanna be my wife? Oh, uh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs>